Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 85 of Motherhood in Hollywood. My guest today is Brian, the birth guy, and he has so much great information about birth and birthing and the birth process and helping moms get through it. So you definitely want to listen to this one. We're also going to answer some questions from Motherhood in Hollywood listeners and fans. So I can't wait to share that with you. But before we get into the interview with Brian, I want to tell you guys about Up4 Probiotics. Up4 Probiotics is sponsoring this episode of Motherhood in Hollywood. And I got to tell you, we're big fans of Up4 in this house. They've really made a difference in our digestive system. Channing uses the children's formula. I use the women's formula. Chris uses the adult formula. If you've ever been curious about probiotics or wanted to uh, learn more about them, go to motherhoodinhollywood.com, click on the Up4 image, and that will take you to Up4 where you can learn all about their trademark super strain and how they've been helping people create a happier inside since 1979. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. What an awesome week it's been. I hope you guys have had a wonderful week too. I have a couple of really fun announcements uh, I want to tell you about in just a second. But first of all, hi, how are you? Uh, I miss you. Miss your face. You look really skinny. Um... (laughs) Now, if you please say those things back to me, uh, I appreciate it. Um, Hi, friends. It's Heather. So my guest today, I'm so excited, is Brian, the birth guy. He is a doodla, which cracks me up. I love that he calls himself a doodla. It's fantastic. Um, He is a dad and a doula based in San Antonio and has a huge following because He's got such a wonderful perspective on birthing, the birthing process, how to support moms, but more importantly, well, not more importantly, but also, I should say, um, supporting dads during this process. He has a childbirth class called Rocking Dads, and he also does a lot of Skype sessions online, and he could tell you all about that um, in the interview. But it's really important, I think, during the birthing process, during the pregnancy uh, process, all of that stuff to make sure dads feel like they're a part of it as well. Because so much time energy is focused on moms. Um, And you know, and it's true. I mean, we are carrying the baby and we are going through, you know, be pushing the baby out and delivering the baby and all of that stuff. But dads are such an important part of that as well that I think it's really a great idea to make them feel included as much as possible and make them feel supported too so that um, dads want to be a part of the process. So I'm going to let him talk to you and tell you a little bit more about what he does and how he does it. And you guys are going to love it. You're going to love it, love it, love it so much. Okay. Uh, I want to give a couple of quick uh, mom mentions over on the Twitter to uh, some new followers that are following me at MIH Podcast. I want to say hello to Morning Mom Minute. That is a new podcast, the first daily podcast for parents. Um, Cherie Johnson, thank you for following me. Melody B. Tucker, thank you for following me. And Robin Darling, uh, Robin Reynolds MS, thank you for taking the time to find me at MIH Podcast. A little business really quick, find me on Instagram and Facebook at Motherhood in Hollywood. Also, make sure you are subscribed to my show. I know you may listen on my website, 
Uh, you may have stumbled upon it on Facebook, but if you would please take a minute and actually subscribe to my show on iTunes and leave a review because that makes a huge difference in letting me know that you're there. Hi. So nice to see you. Uh, it lets me know that you're there and you enjoy the show and the content that I'm bringing you and the interviews and guests. And it helps me, um, helps feed my ego is what it does. I'm not going to lie. Makes me feel, uh, makes me feel pretty. Uh, so if you would do that, thanks guys. All right. So I want to also tell you, uh, it's been a really fun week. I started off the week going to a really cool screening of the new HBO show, Big Little Lies. It stars Huge stars, Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern, Shailene Woodley, and it's based on a novel, a book by um, Leanne Moriarty, and it's a number one New York Times bestseller. The show, we got to go to a special screening that was actually arranged by Nicole Kidman, which I thought was really fantastic. It was with HBO, and we watched a few of the episodes it doesn't come out until I think it's the 19th of February. It's not released on HBO till the 19th of February. And Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon were there and they were so nice and so lovely. And I was totally starstruck because I'm actually a really big fan of both of those ladies. I it, I don't get starstruck very often because we're in LA. We see celebrities, you know, seemingly all the time, but I was definitely starstruck by Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon because they were so warm and kind. I mean, not like they were going to come in and be rude. <laughs> if they would, if I would have been like, uh, excuse me. Um, but no, they were so lovely and their show is great. I'm going to do a little write up on motherhoodandhollywood.com uh, to tell you a little bit more about it and put some cool pictures up there as well. Um, one of the most ridiculous parts though was you guys, this is the stuff that happens to me. I am in a room with Nicole Kidman and I want to get a picture with her. There's a photographer there and I'm trying to position myself around her so that I can get in the photo. And what ends up happening is I'm walking around behind her and I'm glancing down to watch my step. And that's when the photographer takes the picture. So the picture that they've put out for promotions of this event looks like there's this crazy redheaded lady behind her looking at her butt. This is the kind of stuff that only happens to me. I was mortified. So now there's this awesome picture of me and Nicole Kidman out in the universe, and I'm just throwing shade at her butt. So that's my life, guys. <laughs> that is real life Heather Brooker moment. And I will post it on my website so you guys can see it in all its glory. Uh, and also some more information about Big Little Lies. The other cool thing that happened this week was I announced that I'm going to be reporting the entertainment reporter for my hometown station, my hometown, uh, the NBC station there, it's Channel 2, and I'm going to be doing entertainment reports for them from time to time. And I'm so excited because that was the station I interned at a million years ago when I was in college, and I always wanted to work with them in some way. And now kind of a full circle moment for me. Here I am getting to actually report on something that I love and I'm passionate about for them. And so it's such a thrill. I'll be looking for those posts. I'll be putting them up on my YouTube channel. You can check out actually a lot of videos there that I've been posting lately up on um, YouTube. I'm everywhere, guys. Everywhere. Okay. So enough about me. Let's talk about me. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
All right, I've had too much coffee. I'm going to wrap up the mommy monologue really quick because I want to get to this interview with Brian, the birth guy. You guys are going to love what he has to say about natural birth, cesarean birth, birthing with doulas. It's all here. Here is Brian, the birth guy. I read on your bio uh, basically how you got into it. One thing I have to say when I was reading it is how 19,000 births, is that right? 19,000 client interactions. Actually, it's about 21,000 now between my ultrasound facility, between classes, between lectures, between going and speaking. There's a lot. Births, breastfeeding, lactation consults. It's a, it's a hybrid of it all. I think what's mo- what's most interesting to me and what's really unique about you, besides I know you have an amazing personality too, just from the, the oh, few I'm, conversations, I'm <laughs> the few <laughs> conversations that we've had, I can already tell you have an amazing personality too. Are moms just sort of drawn to you? Are they like, I want this guy, I want this guy to help me deliver my baby? You know, it's interesting because it's usually uh, it's either the moms or the dads because the guy might end up in my rocking dads class. That I do live, not not the online rocking dads. And he will like attach, they all do. They start really digging in and appreciating what birth is because guys usually sit on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. My job is to put them on the field. And so what happens is when I get them there and they start understanding the mechanisms because we're fixers, right? Right. They get excited and it makes them feel like they really have a place in, in the labor room and they feel empowered and they go home and they talk to their, their partner. They get her fired up. They know more than she does at this point, usually in most cases. So the moms call me or they send me a message saying, what did you do to my husband? Yeah, what this did is you awesome. <laughs> and then they show up to breastfeeding class after that because they, you know, they usually follow it goes rocking dads, rocking dads and breastfeeding usually every month or baby's birth and beyond one of the other events I hold. And so, uh, yeah, so they, they show up with their wives and then other people are there and they answer all the questions I ask. They know it. I'm like, how many first, first 24 hours, how many diapers do we want to see with poo and pee? And they're like one second day two. And the other wives are looking at their husbands going, how come you don't know this? <laughs> like, why don't you I know? see the look. Honestly, there is, that seems like such a lifetime ago talking about poo and pee diapers. My daughter's three and a half now. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. Like we did have to count like how many diapers she had with, you know, uh, poop and pee and, um, keep track of it. It all seems like a blur, which is, I guess why people have another child because they don't really remember how traumatic it was. You get retrograde amnesia. Yeah, exactly. That's how the body works. You propagate the species, right? (laughs) Suddenly (laughs) we all forget like the lack of sleep and, and how horribly painful it was. I'll tell you, I did not forget how horribly painful my birth was. I had, um, a C-section and it was no bueno. The recovery was really, really tough. Um, do you have complications? Um, no, I'm just fat and out of shape. And I don't think my, <laughs> I don't think my body was like ready for all that. It was the, the actual procedure itself, you know, was great. It was unexpected. It was not an emergency C-section, but it certainly wasn't planned. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I remember the recovery was really, really brutal. So, and I've, everything I read says, oh, you have to do another C-section if you got pregnant again. And I'm like, I don't Not wanna, true. I don't want to do that. Uh, VBAC. Yeah, tell me we, about we VBAC. VBACs all the time. Well, first I want to say, um, I don't say cesarean section or C-section very often. What do you say? Vaginal bypass surgery. Okay. <laughs> Where you just bypass the vagina. <laughs> right? Vaginal bypass surgery. That's what we're doing. It doesn't sound as scary, right? Right, right. 
<laughs> so uh, VBACs are interesting. Um, it's a vaginal birth after cesarean for the people that don't know what that means. And we do them all the time. I, I do them with this one physician here, Dr. Kisada, and also with Dr. Morales, Kelly Morales. They're, they're both incredible. They're both very much, we're, we're very aligned. We do crazy births at the hospital. We'll use squat bars and everything. <laughs> uh, nobody, you know, we, we freak out the nurses because nobody's in a bed. Most, oh. most of the time, not until after. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, catching standing up is kind of cool. Oh, my I like God. To watch, I always do that for sure. Why do you like to do that? Do you, do you do that because you want to have, like, a more unique birthing experience? Or are you sort of testing out and trying new techniques to see what's, you know, going to work for the mother? And Like, why do you do that? It's an old technique. It's actually very ancestral in our ancestral birthing. You know, moms would squat and have their baby and then pull the baby up and then sit down a lot of times, put the baby in their tummy. The baby would crawl up to the boobs and then uh, breastfeed when they're ready after they familiarize and stuff. So what we do is we just try and get – I don't I don't care how I have, help people have a birth, whether they're on their back, whether they're in the bed, whether they have an epidural, whether they don't. Not my job to judge that. Mm -hmm. But if they come with specific you know, desires to try and reach a goal – I'm going to help them reach it. And a lot of people want to now birth how our ancestors birth. They want to be on their hands and knees or upright, you know, squatting with the squat right. bars. And, it, you know, you, you've got to think about this. I want you to think about something. Okay. So if you had an eight-pound baby in your tummy again, right, mm -hmm. and you lay it on your back, where's the weight distributing to? It's all on your back, your lower back, right? Yes. So if you're standing up squatting, where's the weight going to? Your legs? To the uh, cervix, Am I going to get this wrong? I'm going to get all your questions wrong. By the way, <laughs> if you have any no, more so, questions, I will get them. Wrong. I I love it. I'm all. Oh, what's your favorite cereal? No, I'm just kidding. I think I'll answer that one. Right. But but on a serious note, so if you're standing up and the baby's the weight is pushing on the cervix, or if you're squatting, or you know you're getting more weight going that way, you you actually. It starts uh, causing the physiological response for your body to actually kick into to a better labor. It, it helps labor for sure. makes a big difference. I notice that, especially in inductions. In the inductions, sometimes the doctor will choose to stick a something up into the, the cervix and into the uterus, blow it up like a balloon catheter, and then put a weight at the end of that that pulls down. So mom will be in bed because mom – say the baby's up really high because they had to induce for some reason the baby wasn't ready to be low. Mm -hmm. That pressure against the cervix really helps um, dilate, and it, and it helps the body kick into the physiological response to get the baby down, even though the baby's not even really there. The baby's up higher. Oh. So the baby, basically the baby's in Santa Barbara we wanted in Los Angeles, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Come on down. <laughs> yes. Come on down the PCH of my birth canal. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't stop in Oxnard, whatever you do. No, right, oh dear. Um, okay, so since we are talking about C-sections for a second, I do want to ask you a question from um, one of the Motherhood in Hollywood fans, listeners, Perfect. friends, whatever you want Thank to call you, it. Thank you, listeners. Um, Lexi wants to know um, why she got so ill after her C-section. She says... The room was spinning. She was throwing up for about 20 minutes after her C-section. Um, and she wants to know if she was maybe allergic to morphine or did they set her up too quickly? Like she said she's asked her doctor, but nobody really could tell her why she got so violently ill after. That's kind of there, a specific there are question. There reasons. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many reasons. So that's a, that's a great question because yes, yes, and yes to all the things that you're thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to realize your body just went into a major surgery. Right. Where you were opened up and they were moving stuff around and then having to sew you back up and get you back. You also had a baby in you 
and you didn't push the baby out of your vagina because of complications, which it's, it doesn't matter how you birth. What matters is, you know, you're holding your baby, right? right. To me, anyway. I, I think there's not really a badge for either one. Why, I think why the, do you the think badge. Some people do have a very, like, very much a badge of honor about, I did a, you know, a vaginal birth, and like, it's the. Is it truly still like the healthiest, safest way to give birth? It, well, yes and no, but because if the baby's not going to be doing well and the baby's, you know, the baby's having decelerations or say there's merconium or something, it's not going to be the healthiest way. Mm -hmm. You want to get the baby out of there because you don't want to risk, you know, injuring the baby, you know, the, with by lack of, lack of oxygen yeah. or getting a respiratory infection due to the merconium. So there's a, there's a lot of different reasons. But so yeah, now I don't, case, I don't it see it as a bad bunch, a bunch of different things. Yeah, you I mean she had major surgery, and then her body member had all the hormones. It had extra blood because the baby needed extra blood. Her blood volume was up, mm -hmm. and then the 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 usual pathway of what happens didn't happen. So you know you're kind of you're kind of finding another way to make it happen. We weren't made to have cesarean section deliveries. You know the problem is we have surpassed our carrying capacity in in our ecological system. Right, every species goes up to a certain spot, then it levels off, and where it levels off, that's where it best fits the environment, so that all the other species can thrive. Right, right. that means you're going to have to lose some. So our ancestors, you know, some people would die, some babies would die, some moms would die, or both would die during delivery, and that was just kind of the way the cookie crumbled, and that's how we kept our our ecological system running properly. Now we have to do other things to supplement that, right? Because we're all staying alive, which is great. Right. And, but at the same time, you know, we have to definitely, you know, start working around and managing things like that. Yeah, that is so interesting how birth and the whole birth process has evolved um, over the years. Like I always think about Mad Men, the scene where John Hamm, you know, is um, his wife is giving birth and he's sitting. I don't know if you saw this, but he's sitting in the waiting room. Um, yes. with a cigar and some whiskey with yes. the other dads waiting while the mom is in twilight, you know, zone, um, giving Total birth. ways to drug them. Yeah, exactly. They just drug them and be like, and here's your baby. But then now they give it's them a like, shot, but drive their milk. Yeah, That's why exactly. he said their milk didn't come in while it wasn't intended to come in because right. they were given formula. Right, exactly. And now it's so interesting to me. Maybe it's just because I'm in California or in LA, but it seems like everybody is so focused on a natural birth. You know, um, everybody wants to have a doula by their side. Everybody wants to have like it's a process. We're giving birth in water. Oh well, where are you giving birth? I'm giving birth at home. You know, I'm giving birth in my tub. There's all of these different ways that people are trying to, you know, uh, have their birthing experience be different. I guess. Um, mm -hmm. are, well, that's that, Los Angeles too. I was going to say, is, do you find that that's mostly in LA? Cause I know you're in Texas or, or is it's, that a it's Texas all over the place, but you know, in Los Angeles, we, depending on what socioeconomic group you're with or what, how much time you have on your hands, it gets, right. you know, you, you start right. getting creative and trying to do some new things. Right. Well, you know, there's actually a, a good friend of mine, David Goslin, he's in Santa Monica mm -hmm. and he's an OB and he does something called the gentle C-section. The gentle that? C. Well, it's very transparent. They put the ECG leads on mom's back so she can immediately skin the skin. He, they play music the parents pick. They only talk about the baby and the family. They don't talk about other stuff in there really unless, you know, mom or dad wants to. Uh -huh. They have a – either they put the, the curtain down so people can have full transparency or they use a see-through curtain. I wouldn't and, have minded that like during my C-section. I kind of wish they would have dropped the curtain down because that's right. what was the freakiest thing for me is like I couldn't see what was going on. 
But then again, I think if I had seen them take my uterus out and kind of set it off to the side, <laughs> that might that might haunt my <laughs> dreams at night a little bit. <laughs> well, but, so maybe it's for the best <laughs> that I didn't see that. But part of me was like, I kind of want to see what's going on. Um, right. Well, you know, and it, it's nice. So he does that. He actually has a really good – he does this mommy water uh, – not mommy water. It's called um, Doctor's Complete. You put it in water, mm-hmm. and it's got all these vitamins and minerals and stuff for nausea and cramps. It's kind of cool. He's a very he's a very good guy out there. The Your listeners should get to know him, David Goslin. David Goslin. Everybody right I had to give him a shout-out because he's wonderful in your in your community. He is, he is excellent. Um, are you doing any more births right now? I think you told me the other day you have like a waiting list of people <laughs> trying to get to Brian, the birth guy who went uh, for their birth needs. Um, what's going on? How did you get so popular, Brian? I don't know. It just kind of happened. <laughs> I, my approach is very different and I'm, I'm very family centric and I, I won't work with a couple at all. Not even, not even doing a birthing class. Um, you know, private birthing class anyway, unless their husband has taken my rocking dad's course, which I don't charge much for. I charge like 20 bucks for it only because I think it's such a pivotal part of the, of changing my community and changing the way people birth. So I get into stuff like, uh, we talk about the dynamic of the family, starting your family, changing your, the way you communicate. Like the first part of the class, the first like good 45 minutes is, um, all about, your family communication, how to, how to work with your extended family, how to set boundaries, how to, uh, look at when you're planning your family together, not to go outside your bubble. Don't go outside that little cocoon you're, you're making like complaining about your compromises because you just have to agree to it. So you don't weaken the other family's members involvement with you. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that tends to pick away at a relationship. We talk about the pregnant panty droppers is what I call them. <laughs> and those are things that you like offerings you make to your partner, not buying her like jewelry and stuff, but like sitting down and making a list of 10 things you used to like to do together when, before you got pregnant and cross the things off the list that you can't do when you have a baby and fill that in with some new exciting things to do as a family. You know, go into the botanical gardens or say we'll go to – for you guys, we'll go go walk Runyon with the baby, right, or something. Mm-hmm. So t- things like that. I'm all strippers, cocaine. It's out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, but, only <laughs> temporarily though. Ah, I love it. <laughs> I told you guys you were going to love Brian, the birth guy. He has such great information, and we're going to get back to that interview in just a second. But I want to tell you guys a little bit more about Up For Probiotics. In particular, their heart health formula. It supports healthy cholesterol levels. If that's something that you've been concerned with or you just want to add a little extra support to your heart health, Up For Probiotics heart health formula can do that. Up4 Probiotics uses a patented super strain. It's the first clinically proven probiotic to help maintain healthy levels of cholesterol in your body. The Up4 Heart Health Formula also supports your digestive and immune system. Go right now to motherhoodinhollywood.com, click on the Up4 Probiotics image, and you can find out more about how Up4 Heart Health can work for you. But, you know, it's funny what you were saying about about uh, the Mad Men episode because I have a – there's there's on the on the actual rockingdads.com site, there's a video that talks about the program. And I start off saying, back in the day, you know, dads used to sit in the waiting room and I got this old cartoon of that. 
just oh, exactly what you talked about. And I'm like, and that it doesn't. It doesn't have to be like that. No. It doesn't. And and the more the dads involved or the partners involved, and they understand the space and how to support mom, they understand what interventions are. They understand the whole platform. What an exciting, exciting event their birth becomes. I don't know if you read my reviews on my Facebook. Did you read any? I did. Yeah. People, that's what people like. My approach is completely different. It's not just, this is how I am a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this PowerPoint. I never use PowerPoints. Never. If I, I can't hold her attention, it's bad. Yeah, no, I think it also, too, would um, have an impact on, um, I mean, ideally, the kind of father they're going to be. Because once you've gone through something like that with your wife and from the, you know, the beginning to the end and you know, as a team together, as much as you can be, um, I would imagine that it kind of has a different effect on the type of parent you're going to be too. Don't you think? Absolutely. It's, it shows. Okay. So you gaining confidence as a partner shows your partner that you're really in it. Right. And so then they gain this new confidence in you and in the process because they feel like they're going to be safe. And in order, in order to birth, you know, very nicely, you have to feel comfortable, safe, trusting, and that everybody involved in that circle, you know, there's no shame or anything in it. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a very shame-free environment. It has to be. And that's, that's what my job is to make sure I create that and make sure mom's not feeling like she, you know, she's vulnerable, too vulnerable or this and that. She feels like she is in the safe mode where she could just get in her labor brain and, and get primal and, and have this baby, you know? Is that the essence of what a doula is and a doula does? Is helping mom feel supported in some way, whether it's getting dad on board, getting the right doctor in the room. And, you know, it's not just about putting a pillow behind her back kind of thing. No, generally it's uh, well, see, okay. So I guess it's, I'm a little different because I get along with all the OBs. I'm friends with them. We have a trusting relationship. We've been working together for 12 years in this community. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them. I go into the C-sections with my vaginal bypass patients. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get to go into the C-sections with them. It's 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 really a great experience. So a lot of doulas, they're good doulas, and they're doulas that probably shouldn't be doulaing. And and it a lot of a lot of people get into this briefly. And they jump in because they've had a birth or they had a birth they didn't like or they had a birth that was great. And they want to you know, make everybody else recreate that or keep people safe. Uh-huh. Some people have like birth trauma and they're just basically trying to save other people. So that's not the way it should go. I think uh, as a doula for me, it means that I'm not supporting mom. I'm supporting the family. And I'm going to do everything I can to support the staff that's working there, to support the family and to focus on keeping mom focused and have her have a happy, good birth and have dad feel like he was an active participant that got to really, really be part of it, see his baby's first face, all that good stuff. So does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and as it, a lactation counselor, I, you know, I stick around and I, and I then help them latch. And, and most of my clients that come to anybody that comes to our breastfeeding class rarely has any problems. If they do, we can fix it over the phone because we educate so hard. Our, our, our breastfeeding class is like two hours long, two, two and a half. Oh, wow. That's great though. Honestly, it's great. That was, that kind of a class is the, that's the one class I skipped, um, I had to miss for work because of, uh, before, um, I gave birth and that is the one thing that gave me the most trouble after, um, I had my baby. Um, Breastfeeding can be tricky if you don't understand uh, it. When you understand it, it's much easier to slip into it. And and I feel so bad that you didn't have the support you needed. I did not, no. The nurses seemed like they were annoyed with me because it wasn't, because I was hurting so bad. And it was like, almost like they had 
maybe forgotten or maybe they didn't have the same struggle but it was like they were annoyed with me and they would just be like just put her on just go like this and put her on and they were like moving my my boob around i'm yeah, also a very modest i'm well, also just a very modest lady so with other people touching touching me like that i was like oh my god i you just sort of i just sort of felt like everything had been violated <laughs> that during the whole birthing process i was like i've been ripped open everyone's seen my hoo-ha my boobs are hanging out like there's just no more um modesty to be had that's for sure right yeah you know i hear that story all the time the the lactation consultants they mean well same thing with nurses but they just go and they grab mom's boob yeah manhandle it and then stick the baby on and get a good deep latch but that's not helping mom at all. She needs to learn how to do it. So I rarely, like I said, it professionally, I rarely touch a breast. Personally, that's a different story, but we can talk about that another time. Side but, uh, note, everybody. You know, yes, well, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I put something on my Insta. It's at Birth Guy. I put something up yesterday of me holding a little tiny, tiny baby, a four-pound baby. This Aww. baby was in the NICU and was in there for five weeks. Mom and dad came to all my classes in between that, plus dad went to Rocking Dads before. Obviously, the baby came early, so mm-hmm. – they came in for a consult yesterday, and it was really cool because she's never felt the baby really latch properly on her, even though she had lactation consultants, nurses, everybody trying to do it. And we just had to sit back and relax for a little bit. Yeah. When we did, we you know it was time to latch. She gave it a couple shots, nipple to nose. is That's a big thing. You know, People always go straight for the nipple to the mouth, and that's not mm-hmm. the way you do it. You got to go nipple to nose. You can touch the nipple to the baby's mouth and get a little milk in there. And then you got to go nipple the nose because then they open their mouth really wide and your yeah. nipple's pointing at the soft palate. Yeah. You push them on nice and hard and you make sure you have your hand in the proper position that's holding your boob, your boob hand I call it. And so it's going the same direction as the mouth. That's a very common mistake people make. They put the, the, the areola is going the opposite direction of the mouth like a taco. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Well, because I mean, that's sort of it. Here's here's what I realized is when everything I was seeing online of all of these beautiful breastfeeding pictures, the way they were positioned. um, First of all, it's almost never an like a new newborn. It's almost always a baby that's maybe a a couple months old, which by then got it down and they know how to do it right and everything looks beautiful. And um, but what I had to realize is that you know, her mouth wasn't quite big enough. She didn't know what she was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I just had, we just had to work together till we both figured it out. Bingo. You just, you just nailed it. Baby doesn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Mom doesn't know how to do it if she's not done it before. And so both of you are learning and it takes a little bit of learning, especially right after you had a baby and 98% of our population has babies in the hospital, right? So right after you have a baby, you know, your body is shaking. You may have torn. They're sewing you up and you've got the baby on your chest because you want to get the baby skin to skin. You initiate like 19 digestive enzymes in the baby just by doing that, which will help with blood sugar and all that good stuff. And so, uh, you know, mom's mom's shaking. She has an IV in usually if she's in the hospital, unless she has a doctor that won't go for it and make her have Pitocin, you know, for mm-hmm. the delivery of the placenta. So she may have had an epidural. She can't move her body really well, her lower body. There's a lot of things that happen. You have to look at the whole situation. So you have to really step back and teach mom to, to get the baby. So with the premature baby yesterday, um, I do this in the hospital too. Before we even latch baby, I tell mom, stick your finger in baby's mouth and go up to the soft pellet and tickle it. So it's pointing up your pinkies, pointing up onto the soft pellet, and then they suck really hard. They can't help it. It's a reflex. So you do that twice for like 10, 15 seconds, and then go when you then you go to latch because when they, they get that stimulation there, they know that that's what they're supposed to do. So we made that connection that mm-hmm. now we formed a memory for the baby that that, that you hit there, I suck. And when you look in people when they try and latch baby straight into the mouth with the nipple, 
just right into the mouth, not letting them open really, really wide. They need to be open like 140 degrees their mouth. So when they, they try and do that, and they the babies have a reflex that if anything touches their lip, they go, and they suck down on right. it. So there's another reflex there, right? And and that one you kind of fight. That's why when they open their mouth wide, you shove them on your boob. You have to literally put some force onto it. Yeah, and be like, here it is. Take it. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, essentially that's what it was. But it took us it took us a while to get there, but we eventually did. And it was seriously some of the most special memories I have from when she was little. It was when I was breastfeeding with her late at night. I didn't mind even it was like three in the morning because she was just so peaceful and so sleepy. And like it truly is a special time. Um, and I know how important it is. I read a lot about it and I knew I wanted to breastfeed. And even though my I wish I was there, which <laughs> my nipples were bleeding and cracked, or I was in horrible pain and I was constantly like putting gel pads on and lubing them up and, you know, pumping and whatever. I was doing it all to try to make it a little easier. I knew I was going to stick with it because I wanted to, to try to do it for her. Man, I, I, I'm so sorry that you didn't have the support you needed for real. It's like yeah. in, in my heart because it. Once you get someone latched, it's such like a good feeling. Mom yesterday was like, I've never felt my breasts empty before. This yeah. is incredible. But, you know, I'm going to give another tip, you guys. When you are, if you are having a baby and you go to breastfeed your baby for the first time when you're in the hospital, make sure you have some support under your arm. Make sure the first latch, your baby hand is the hand without the IV in it. So you're going to control the baby with that hand. And the other hand is your boob hand. So boob hand, baby hand, never the twain shall meet. Don't touch them. And just hold real still. Get that baby on. Once the baby's open wide like that, shove the baby on. And don't be squeezing your boob the whole time. Let's let the baby really figure this like out figure first. it out. Yeah, because if you're yeah. squeezing the whole time, you're making it really easy. And then they don't have to work for it and learn. Yeah, and you don't want to, when you're moving them up and down, their heads are moving. Remember, they just came out of a vagina. Yeah. So they're, they're you know, like, they're a little shaken I? up. And there's light. There's all these things going on. The hospital's not the dimmest place, right? And there's noises, and it's not it's not a super peaceful, you know, transition for the baby. So they can get distracted. And the other thing is don't stim your baby because people often, they, they start rubbing the head. Moms can't help it. Or other people will rub yeah. the foot and stuff like that. When you do that, that just, that's not loving a baby. That makes them move. So they twist their head and they pull they your nipple. Distracted. Your nipples, yes, because your nipple's stretchy because of all the relaxing your body's giving, you know, during the third trimester and right after to keep that nipple be able to stretch so you can eject the milk. Yeah. You know? For me, part of it too was getting a good, um, position and uh, like a good pillow like the boppy did not work for me i know Boppies everybody don't uses work. i'm sorry i know so. everybody's like the boppy the boppy and i got like two of them and it did not work for me i was like this pillow is terrible um my i ended up using friend. my breast friend <laughs> i knew it i read your mind Did yeah you it was literally like honestly a game changer i was like whoa it, it is made a big that change. much of a difference and i'm like i cannot they don't even they do not advertise on my podcast but they should <laughs> what they really should what was your what was your favorite hold um, I would take her. Oh God, I don't even remember football. football. Probably, yeah, yeah. The football I, I would hold. say football for you because it was super. It was just really easy. I would just hold her and you know, uh, put my little pillow on. And it just, yeah, it just felt the most natural. I tried the other holds, but it was weird. Um, they gotta were find what works for, for you. It was a little weird for me. Okay, so I want to ask one more question from um, uh, one of our listeners, Cecily, um, kind of talking a little bit more about what the about doulas. She yeah. says, "Is it a good idea to have a doula during a hospital birth if you want it to be natural? And how soon should you get one before your due date?" 
it is definitely an essential thing and you should be looking at doulas before and my my general thoughts on that is you got to get to know the doula and you don't want someone who's just gonna you know here's a contract let's go blah 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 mm-hmm. you got to develop a relationship you cultivate a relationship by going to their classes if they teach classes or you know okay so i have a friend he's probably the only other male doula that's really practicing a lot mm-hmm. you know as much as he can because he has another thing he is he's in los angeles elliot berlin he has the elliot the berlin wellness set clinic do you know that place chiropractic in beverly hills in santa monica no huh? no no okay so he goes to cedar sinai and does births a lot he's wonderful he's very gentle he's a really great guy but uh, but yeah for hospital births we, he and I were talking, and you, it's so essential. If you're going to try natu- natural, not so much because you need someone to stick up for you, because you need someone to help you stay accountable to what you want. Like I, I see a note right in front of me from one of my clients, and where did it go? I saw it here a minute ago. But she basically told me, whatever you do, Brian, don't let me get an epidural. If I ask for it, remind me I don't want it, and remind me at least five times. If I, if I say still, you know, you can't convince me. Fine, but I'm asking you to do this for me, please. Why are and people that's, so afraid of epidurals? What I mean is, does it truly, really? Afraid. Well, I mean, but like I know, I, there's this you know such powerful opinions against epidurals, and I just remember being like, hey, whatever I need, I'm gonna get it to get my baby out. But people are so staunchly against it. Why is that? Well, it's not that they're staunch against it. I, don't th- I think I think I think what happens is a lot of people don't want to have to stay in the hospital longer because they're on fall precaution. They don't want to take the risk of you know having some sort of complication, which a lot of people get complications, mm-hmm. and and you know they'll have the pain where they had their epidural. Some people will still be numb on their foot because they hit a nerve or something. There's just things that happen. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, epidurals. I don't mind them. I think that the compassionate use of pain meds, and I think they have a time and a place. Like if I have a client that gets stuck at like five five or six. And we're there for like three or four hours. I know there's something psychologically disconnecting her from letting that happen, right? Mm-hmm. Her dilation. So I will say, you know, they're telling us in an hour we're going to be down the hall in that room and you're going to get a spinal block where they can use your epidural. If you get an epidural, we may as well try to change the game because what happens is then they get the epidural and what do you know? Half an hour later, we're complete because they can, they let go of that connection. You have to realize I'm very sensitive to this. So many um, women have been sexually abused or have had other things happen that have disturbed them and they, mm-hmm. they, they can either use that as empowering by having a baby or it can be quite intimidating and sometimes they need some help to, to disconnect. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's, it's very important to have a doula, but, but really take your time finding a doula, interview some, get to know them, talk to some of their clients, Talk to, you know, figure out if, if they're on board with how you want to do it. I won't take certain clients because I, I know I'm not going to do what they what they need me to do or what they want me to do, you know, and I know there's someone probably better for that job. Yeah. And so, you know, so it just all depends. I just feel like you are such a wealth of information and because of your experience <laughs> and because of your um, obvious compassion for moms and women and families and dads, you know, with rock and dads. Um, I want to talk to you uh, if you're able to talk about some of the things you have going on since this is motherhood sure. in Hollywood. I know you have, the, you are, you are working on a show. Is that right? Yes. A, a book. Is yeah. Well, yeah, did, the book's pretty much done. <laughs> My book's pretty much done. Oh, They're actually shopping it right now, which is so cool. And so we've had a couple of people with interest and, and we're seeing what the requirements they want. Some people want, you know, 10,000 more words. And I have a writing partner, Christian Berner, Berner who owns Baby Preparents. Her and I, um, uh, I, I wrote the book first based on my Rocking Dads program. And I said, now I want you to put all the counseling things in beyond my counseling type of talk. 
And so let's have counselor's corner do the, you know, do the dictionary, all that good stuff. Uh-huh. It's going to be great. I know you also have uh, your podcast that they can listen to. Um, right. I just want to make sure people of more, more moms and dads, if they have more questions that they can, um, keep track of you. So people can take the rocking dads course online and actually, um, we're getting ready to put up another coupon. So it's, it will always be, we're, we're probably going to just keep it at 1999. So it goes from 49.99 and then it goes to $99 to whatever. Right now it's like at 1999 and it's uh, 31 modules that is, you'd self pace, go through it. Um, I suggest going through it in order because there's a reason I did it in that order. Mm-hmm. It has transcripts and all that good stuff and a mock birth plan and things that they need to, to assist them in their little journey. And then uh, they can Skype me too. I do Skype calls. I do Skype and FaceTime lactation consults. So that usually consists of going kind of through like a refresher so they understand the mechanisms. Then we go latch that baby. So I have them get with me at least 45 minutes before the baby's going to feed. Okay. So we can talk. I can give them a refresher and they have all the information they need. And I, that's available. I can do classes over Skype. There's, there's, it's limitless. I mean, now we have the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, we could do anything. I know. Thank goodness too, because I feel like, um, I get these wonderful guests like you because of the internet and the capabilities of Skype and whatnot. So it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Well, I'm excited and I'm going to put up a lot of this information, um, that Brian and I talked about and also where you can find him up on motherhoodinhollywood.com. And Brian, thank you so much for talking with us. I appreciate it. It was absolutely my pleasure, Heather. Thank you for having me. And if you ever want me back, I can talk for hours. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I might because I actually have some follow-up questions, and I know some of my listeners will too. Um, All right, you guys. That's going to do it for me this week. Uh, Remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. balls.